Aligning your offers and message has a massive impact on your business. Your offers are the thing that keep your business running. So everything that you do in your business is ultimately in service of getting people into those offers and then serving those clients. And when those two things feel misaligned or just crappy, it affects the entire business. The Aligned Business Portal is called a portal because with intentional, impactful offers that you enjoy delivering on and marketing that is both aligned with those offers and based in honesty and connection, your entire business becomes more sustainable, enjoyable, and easeful. And the best part is you don't have to learn the theory and then do the heavy lifting of figuring out how to apply it to your business. Because instead of teaching you how to create aligned offers, messaging, and marketing, the Aligned Business Portal will guide you through the process of doing it without the overwhelm and mental drama that is currently causing you to show up as someone you're not or not show up at all. If you are ready to create an offer that you enjoy and believe in and learn a way to market that offer that's based in truth-telling, honesty, and authenticity, check out the Aligned Business Portal at brooke-monahan.com slash portal and add this to your toolkit of things that you can come back to every time that you want to create and launch a new offer. You're listening to Transcend Your Dichotomy, the podcast where we explore and expose the illusion that being a successful entrepreneur is at odds with our deepest desires, our truest selves, or the impact we're after. I'm Brooke Monahan, and it's my hope that this podcast will inspire you to let go of what you think you should do and embrace your very own transcendent vision. A few months ago, I was on a call with my coach and we were talking about the prospect of me being featured in Business Insider. Now, when she brought this up to me, I was like, are you out of your mind? Um, The idea of me being featured in Business Insider is like so beyond my current view of places that would want to feature me. Like, what? And the whole point of us having this conversation was that she wanted to kind of set me straight on that because like, why not? And we were talking about networking and starting to meet people who had reach on different platforms. And I was just thinking to myself, I I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, I will start, but I just already know that like people just aren't going to respond to my emails or I'm just going to get rejected and whatever. And wouldn't you know that literally the next night, Alice Draper drops into my inbox and in the email it says you can find my work at and with a bunch of links one of them being an article that she wrote for Business Insider. Now I am not about to tell you that Alice Draper is writing an article about me for Business Insider. Alice if you want to um here's your official invitation. (laughs) Just kidding. Well not really but that is not the point of this. The point is I have a rule for myself. And it is when things like this happen that just seem way too bizarre, I do not ignore them. And so I very, very rarely respond to pitches from people who want to be on the podcast. But in this instance, I said, yes, Absolutely. I I wrote back so fast and I was just like, come on the show. I think that I told her, I think she had pitched something initially that was not a great fit. And instead I said, how about we have a conversation about how to get featured in publications? Because that was something that I was just talking with my coach about. I had questions about it. And so we got on a Zoom and we chatted and 
Alice Draper is on today to talk to you about being featured on podcasts and in publications. So excited to share this with you. Alice is a podcast publicist who is on a mission to make publicity easy and accessible for underrepresented women entrepreneurs at all stages of their businesses. When Alice started building her writing business, she started pitching magazines like Vice, Refinery29, HuffPost, and Business Insider to gain authority. And this came with an unplanned skill, which is the art of pitching. She has been running Hustling Writers for over two years, and in this time, she secured her clients on over 500 podcasts, including countless top one percent and top 0.5 percent podcasts when alice isn't building out publicity strategies or thinking of new story angles she's taking advantage of her location independence by house sitting with her partner in places like tbilisi nairobi or cape town now i'm really excited about this conversation because i asked a lot of questions that i really wanted the answers to so i hope that the, the transparency of that uh comes through and you're able to really get to um some things that you really want to know from alice but you can find out more from alice go to the show notes i'm going to share her information there so that you can connect with her as well and if being featured in publications is something that you're interested in doing, may I underline the importance of being clear on what your message is when you show up in those places and being clear on what it is that you have to say. This is something that you will absolutely walk away from the Aligned Business Portal clear on. And as a reminder, I am kicking off the live-led cohort of the Aligned Business Portal tomorrow. This is my first ever live taught marketing program. I've never done a marketing program. I don't know if I'm going to do this live again. The portal is going to remain available, but as far as the live, the four week live round, I am not sure if I'm doing it again. Um, so if that's your question is like, when is this going to happen again? My answer for you is I don't know. Um, but I do know that I am starting around tomorrow. So Go to brooke-monahan.com slash aligned business portal. This is going to be four weeks of you getting clear on your most aligned, effective offer, one that you really believe in, and then the message behind that offer and how to sell that offer. And I'm talking like you are going to actually start putting it out there in a way that feels true to you, is resonant for them, and is your own way of selling that focuses on truth telling and honesty and authenticity and creating real connection. I hope to see you there, brooke-monahan.com slash aligned business portal. And without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Alice, I'm really excited to be connecting with you again. Thanks so much for being here for the podcast. Me too. Thank you, Brooke. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Why don't you kick us off and let folks know a little bit about who you are and what you do, and we'd love to know how you started doing what you do. Ooh, so I am a publicist. Podcast is kind of my jam of niche, or the, the area that I specialize in with, um, yeah, so a podcast publicist for mostly women coaches. And I started as a journalist. So I started as a freelance journalist, um, where pitching myself and I pitched myself to publications first because I wanted to be a freelance journalist. And then I realized that journalism was very unstable and I wouldn't be able to pay rent if this was my only source of income. 
So I also knew I wanted big bylines to establish myself as a high-end copywriter um, and starting off copywriting felt like a fairly competitive space. So I was like, this can be a differentiating factor. So I started, you know, that, that was a, one of my big motivators and that came with a skill, which is, of course, pitching. And in my copywriting work, my clients asked for help with pitching and then I realized this is fun and this is something I'm good at and this is something I'm getting referred for. So I pivoted my whole business. Yeah. And now, now I'm on a mission to make it as easy and accessible for underrepresented women entrepreneurs because anyone can pitch themselves. It's not, um, it's not reserved for people with fancy degrees or fancy credentials or loads of clout. It's really, it's just about how interesting your story is. Mm. Okay, I already have so many questions because <laughs> no one likes pitching. Um, you're like, this is fun and it's something that I'm good at. I'm like, oh, you're like the only person I've ever met who's like, <laughs> I like pitching. Uh, everyone that I know is like, oh my God, it is so like time consuming. And I think the reason mm. it's so time consuming is because you just get so in your head about it and you spend mm. so much time thinking about it instead of just doing it and all of that. But I'm actually really curious, like, so starting off, like, how does somebody start pitching themselves as a freelance journalist? Like, where do you start? Oh, that's a good question. Um, start with what you're reading. Are you reading, like, personal essays on glamour? Pitch glamour. Pitch your personal mm. essays because you know what they want. You know the style. Um, and that's mm. easier said than done. <laughs> there are, like, technicalities, mm -hmm. like, editors finding editors contact details can be really cumbersome um yeah so, like there's no one set approach twitter is the place to be uh, like my favorite way of finding editors <coughs> is a search like at the publication handle and then um i search editor and then i switch it to people on twitter and often editors have their bio says editor at glamour or editor at new york times or whatever and then many have email addresses in their bios. And if you find one email address, you can kind of implement the, you know, if it's if you get the formula for New York Times and then you get other names, you can put that in. <laughs> um, so Interesting. Yeah. Find an editor's contact and send them a pitch. <laughs> um, Interesting. And then... So is that what you did in the beginning? You just kind of, like, started looking for... You started with things that you were reading, I imagine. Like, what was your thing that you had started with? I started pitching the magazine that I read as a teenager. Like, I, like... <laughs> I was so obsessed. It was called Saltwater Girl, South African magazine about, like, surfer girls and stuff. And, um... I, they had a letters of the month column and um, I like one letter of the month on like a bag of makeup or something. And then I like would email the editor in chief and um, yeah, she, she would tell me, I mean, I was really young. She told me like I should pitch stories and then I think I did, but I think they were really bad. So I don't think they were accepted. But like <laughs> I did start with the magazine I was reading. Uh-huh, <laughs> um, uh -huh. Yeah, and then from there, I, I studied journalism and I started pitching myself in journalism school. And I think I would just kind of look up, like, okay, the magazine, and then I would, like, look up editor. And sometimes in the beginning, there was no strategy. I was just pitching, like, the generic submissions at. And 
those ones don't really get read very often. Um, there mm. are a lot of pitches coming into submissions at Huffington Post or HuffPost.com or submissions at NewYorkTimes.com. Okay. So um, then I, I connected with journalists. I think I started following journalists on Twitter and um, joining like Facebook groups of journalists. And so I saw all of their research <clears throat> strategies and techniques and, you know, people made spreadsheets that are always outdated because there's always editors leaving publications. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd like look through those and get ideas and I started reading more magazines to find magazines to pitch because like, I didn't want to just be limited to the ones I was reading. Um, yeah, and kind of, I'd say like there's no like one set approach. Twitter was a great resource. Facebook groups were a great resource. Um, some magazines actually have like comprehensive mastheads or like pitch guidelines where they have all the details. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's all some of the like back end ways of getting editor contacts. <laughs> yeah. And so then when did the podcast pitching start? Mm-hmm. Podcast pitching started because clients asked for it and I was not like Mm -hmm. very well established in the podcasting world. So that was in 2020 and it was like, we want to be guests on podcasts. And I did, I had no idea how to pitch a podcast. I would Google. And at that point I didn't know anyone that did this. So I was really just, my first strategy was built off like online articles I read, which was like, this is what you should do in a podcast pitch. This is, you know, write some speaker points, do this. And so my first pitches were not great, but my clients were getting onto podcasts, so they were excited. And then the strategies kind of grew from there. The more I did it, the more you kind of see what works, what doesn't work. Um, in the beginning, I used to pitch like all the speaker points that a client could speak on, so like burnout and this and this and this and this and this. And I think over time I realized that far more effective to have a very specific story idea that works for a podcast than to just be like I'm pitching myself as a person and this is everything I can talk on which mm. isn't always you know the most gripping or enticing <laughs> pitch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's actually funny that you say that because well so first of all for people listening um I think that you are the first pitched like uh, like somebody who I'm having on the show who I didn't know before who came on because of a pitch in like I don't even know how long like I never ever (laughs) am like yeah this pitch sounds great sure because they're all so bad they are so bad and for so long well first of all because they're so bad Mm -hmm. second of all because I had a and ha- now again have an autoresponder mm. in my email that is like hey if you're reaching out to me to pitch me through the podcast this is what to do next and no one ever did it mm. and i was just like all right like i've told you very clearly what to do if you want to be on my podcast and honestly i have enough people that i already want to have on my podcast that i'm trying to get on my podcast that i'm pitching so like really for you to like grab me as somebody who i'm like yes i want to have you on um there needs you and you're not even going to follow the instructions um come on 
Yeah. It's not going to happen. And what blows my mind is that a lot of the ones that I would get would be from publicists. So it's like somebody is clearly getting paid. (laughs) Yeah. It's their job. They're clearly getting paid to pitch their clients to me. And in response, I'm giving them my pitch guidelines and they are not following them. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me. So anyways, um, when you pitched me, first of all, you quoted me at the top of the email, I think, from an episode. And I was like, wait a second. Okay, first of all, this person actually listened to the episode. or <laughs> may- And maybe you didn't. Maybe you listened to, like, a part of it and you pulled, like, something. I don't know. I have no judgments. It doesn't really matter to me. But I think that I was like, why, is- why are they quoting me? I wonder what they had to say in response to that. And then you had pitched me on, like, a very specific story, which is not what we're talking about. But it still was more effective, even though I didn't, even though it wasn't the mm. thing that we ended up deciding what you were going to talk about. Um, and so, yeah, just to your point about pitching a specific story, it's like, even if it's not a great fit, I, it still was more effective for me to have somebody that was like a little bit more clear on the thing that they want to talk about. And then I think that you also like invited me to be like, if there's anything else that you would prefer to talk about, like, let's chat about it. You know what I mean? Like an opening up of a conversation rather than just like a very kind of like, all right, I sent you the email. Now, like, where do you book me? Yeah. yeah. You know, which is- <laughs> <laughs> I have my speaking points and let's go. Like <laughs> fit me into your life. I won't, I won't be flexible at all. Um. Right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I guess that just to say, yes. Agreed. It's a better strategy. <laughs> and um, so, f- yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, um, you know, what I love about the specific, and we, had, I think, when we had an earlier conversation, what I love about specific angles is you're not closing the door. You're not being like, "This is me." Like in a nutshell, you're pitching a story, and you can reach out to your dream podcast again. Like if you listen to hmm. whatever it is all the time, and you really want to get on there, you can pitch them again the same with publications you're coming in with a story and for my clients so many of them have not spoken about what is pitched but it was enough to kind of pique their attention there's a discussion you Mm -hmm. you work out an angle together and um you're kind of opening up the potential for a future relationship yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, it's interesting, like, in pitches that I have sent, um, I think that when I, like, for, and I am not successful at pitching at all, so this don't take this as uh, anybody listening to listen to Alice, not me, but I'm <laughs> taking the opportunity to have the conversation with you about it. It's like, you know, I think in the beginning when I first started sending a lot of pitches, I was kind of, like, in the headspace of, like, what do I want to talk about? Or, like, mm-hmm. how can I package, like, my thing and then, like, try to – and then just, like, send it out to this person. And then what I realized was, like, some, to your point about, like, reading the thing that you want to pitch to mm-hmm. or listening to – like, if, as a podcast host, like, anybody who's listening, like, if you're going to pitch a podcast, you need to listen to the podcast mm-hmm. first. At least listen to an episode and link something back yeah. to at least one episode. Because if you – it is so obvious if people have not listened to your show and it is, like – everyone has too many emails so everyone's looking for an email to delete and like if you are if it's clear that you don't know the show um it's like the easiest thing to just be like okay I don't have to respond to you like and I'm just and I just don't even respond Mm. at this point Mm. like I don't even have it in me to be like oh this is why I'm not responding and I've had people who have responded to me and been like can you give me feedback on why 
And I'm like, no, like I, <laughs> I can't. Do not have I don't time have the time. <laughs> no, um, Google it, yeah. like, or you know, go to my Instagram <laughs> that you don't even follow me on because I'm probably complaining about you on my stories, <laughs> and then you'll find out. <laughs> but um, but anyways, point being, and then I started realizing, like, if I if you go to a particular podcast feed and you listen to some episodes, or if it's a publication and you go to like that editors like you know like stories that that editor has like mm-hmm. you know it have has I don't even know what the words for it are but like published or whatever yeah. commission yeah you can see like the kinds of things that they like yeah. you know what yeah. I mean and even if it's not like what you would typically like pitch a like a, a story that you would typically be like oh this is the thing that I want to talk about it's just going to be so much more effective to be like oh this is the stuff that this person clearly cares about mm-hmm. this is the stuff that this person finds successful with their readers or whatever and then you can kind of change it to what they like um and it's so much more it's so much more time consuming I think to send out a bunch of hollow pitches mm-hmm. than it is to just spend a little bit of time tailoring yeah fewer of them yeah I mean to your point about the publicist who sends so many bad pitches I have no idea like is it more effective for them to send so many bad pitches or not because like I wonder if they have like a bot because the the ones that you know where you're instantly deleting and I do the same I get pitches of people that like work with me or to hire me as their like I mean to to hire them as like a freelancer or Mm -hmm. whatever um and I just wonder like it's not personalized okay it says like hello Alice but like you know I'm sure your bot machine can say hello Alice um and then there's like nothing else about me it's just like what they do I'm like there must be a machine sending them out that out so like maybe maybe they do it works I don't know I (laughs) I have no idea but um the kind of spray and pray approach is not my approach so I can't speak to it um my approach is much more personalized and um yeah I think like there there is a bunch of things look at the podcast um look at the listen to like at least five to ten minutes of the show and um you can have a template and that's the thing that kind of saving time I don't recommend writing a whole pitch afresh because you will spend a lot of time you can have a template Mm -hmm. but you can tweak your template to work for that show so like if you're pitching and I'll use an example for myself if I'm sending a pitch about how to set rejection goals and then I listen to a show and they you know talk about storytelling and that's like a big mission of the podcast host is to advocate storytelling in business I would tweak my pitch a little bit to kind of showcase that that's important to me too and I think those are the mm-hmm. ways you can kind of time hack, not start from fresh if you have a strategy, but you're you're making sure that the host knows you know them a little bit and that you're kind of meeting mm-hmm. them at what their values are or what needs they're trying to serve for their clients. Right, right. Yeah, it's like so basic. Like <laughs> I'm not going to put you on my show if you just like are completely not a fit. And that's on you to do that work yeah. to figure out if you're a fit and make yourself a fit. Yeah. Um so okay, so if someone wants to start being featured in podcasts and publications but they're kind of feeling overwhelmed, like I'm wondering what you think the first steps they should take are and obviously we know like you know, we had just touched on like start listening to the podcasts mm. or start reading the publications, but I think that one of the things that gets in people's heads is like but I've never done it before. Mm. Or like you had said, like, 
you don't need to have like the flashiest credentials or whatever. But I think that gets in people's heads. Like people are going to look me up and see that like, I barely have any followers or I haven't done a lot of this before. Like, how am I supposed to shit? Like, why would they want me on there? You know? Um, And I think that that spinning out Mm. is a big part of why people get really overwhelmed. Don't start to take, don't take any action at all to even start or like, find pitching so exhausting because they're also going through that emotional thing uh-huh. before like, sending the pitches. Um, I, like I always tell people, one of the pieces of, of advice that I give people is like, listen to the podcast or read the thing like, and then craft your pitch separately from finding the contact information and sending it. Mm. Because I find that if I try to do all of it at one time, I've talked myself out of sending the thing Mm. before I've even written the pitch. Mm. So I try to like find the contact information separately. But anyway. Yeah, that's really great. Because I think like my main feedback is how can you depersonalize the process? Um, (laughs) Because with rejections, um, they feel really personal when you haven't kind of weathered yourself and depersonalized it and I know when I first mm-hmm. started pitching magazines online publications I would like envision my name in the publication and envision the people I was going to talk to and the reporting and the impact the story was going to have and so when the rejection came in it felt really personal it was like I mm-hmm. put in so much emotional energy here and if you're putting in a lot of emotional energy um thinking about pitching um that too it's gonna you're exhausted before you've even written the pitch (laughs) Um, yeah and so I think ways to depersonalize the process is kind of almost try and remove yourself as an entity like imagine you're doing this for a client imagine you're doing this for someone else Mm -hmm. imagine you're not you're just kind of following a strategic step-by-step process Um, when it comes to do I have enough followers yeah, some podcasts want you. Some podcast hosts want you to have huge followings, but in my experience, the big shows or the like really high quality shows are more interested in the quality of the guest and the story they're bringing than your metrics. So like, yeah. don't get too like sort of caught up in those sorts of things. Um, it's not there's no like standard. Some podcast hosts want you to pay ten thousand dollars to be on their show. That's not the norm, but <laughs> that's what some podcast hosts will say to you. <laughs> And so I think we have to like mm-hmm. remind ourselves that those aren't really like quali- quali- uh, qualifying factors in terms of whether or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. To your point about that, it is interesting because like I've, you know, I've had a lot of clients who have started podcasts before. And so I hear the questions about this and I've, I just know people who have tried to use the strategy. It's like they expect their guests to be the thing that brings traffic to their show mm. or they expect their guests to market the show for them and think that having big guests on their show is going to like make their podcast successful. And by big guests, I mean people who have a lot of followers. Mm. Mm, as a podcast host and somebody who's been on podcasts before, I consider it my responsibility to market my show. And when I'm on somebody else's show, I will sh- absolutely shout it out, but I'm way more concerned with, at, and what I consider to be like being a good guest on a podcast, like I'm more concerned with maintaining the relationship mm-hmm. with the person. And I absolutely talk about the show, but like, I'm not, I, I know that like, I can't tell my, I can't drag a bunch of my people who trust me over to somebody else's podcast. It just doesn't really yeah. work that well. Like they might listen to my episode, but beyond that, you know, like, 
And so to your point about like what podcasts care about you having a big following and which ones don't, this is totally anecdotal, but my guess is that those people who care about you having a big following, their shows probably are not that high quality yeah. because if they're bringing guests in based on that, thinking like they're just trying to get followers, they're not thinking about the quality of the content that they're putting out. And we, there's so much content out there that like nobody has the time to listen to exactly. subpar content. Yeah. And one, of the, one of the reasons that I don't almost never have people on this show who have pitched me is because if I did that, my podcast would end up being the same as everybody else's mm -hmm. because yeah. you just are having people on who are talking about their thing and you're not curating what the conversation is and you're not gearing it toward the specific things that, that your listeners want to hear about. And right. I don't want this to just be a platform for anybody who pitches me. I want mm -hmm. it to have a clear purpose and be for a particular person. And that's what makes people trust me. Yeah. If it was just like you're hearing the same interviews that you heard on five other podcasts this month because the people that you're listening to are all in the same circles. And they have the biggest points that they repeat to everyone. <laughs> right. You're not going to then go and follow that. Like you're not going to – I don't think it would really pay off as much to be a guest on one of those podcasts either, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I love what you're saying about that, like that piece about – yeah, some of them want that, but like probably not the ones that you really want to be exactly, on. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I'd say like the top 0.5% podcasts my clients have been on have not given a shit about whether they have big followings or whether they um, are going to like, you know, promote the show or pay to be on the show because mm -hmm. they are interested in, you know, the quality of the show and they're interested in the quality of the guests and they're interested in the quality of the discussion and whether there are good stories on that episode. Um, and I think that it ultimately kind of, if you're choosing your guests based on, um, metrics, whether that's money, which I have a problem with, or, um, the followings that kind of affects the integrity of the show. And, um, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not, like you said, building the relationship. And I think that long-term I, I think I describe it as short term. I wrote an article on Business Insight about this. Uh, well, not, not about this, but I included an article about how um, paid guests, you know, there's short term money that the host guest gets. But I think in the long term, you're actually affecting the relationship with your listeners, which will affect your bottom line because, like, <laughs> listeners who don't trust you are less likely to buy from you. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, on that, I definitely agree with everything you just said. Um, and with depersonalizing I really like that you said the kind of do the research separately because I think that's really helpful as well as like have a spreadsheet when you see mm -hmm. people kind of with similar audiences to you on shows drop the name of that podcast in your spreadsheet go get the email later or do it then if you have the time mm -hmm. um, but they obviously take guests and they speak to your audience so like that's a great place to start um, so I'd say like go find find kind of where other people in your network are getting on shows especially if they have like a bit of a bigger platform than you just because that naturally would mean they've been on bigger shows or more shows mm -hmm. like with the name is apple podcasts um and then i'd say like <laughs> set a rejection goal <laughs> that's what i did um if you don't want to set a rejection goal set an output goal but don't focus too much on kind of the this particular host this particular story this particular thing you know you want to obviously know that you align with the host you want to know that your pitch is a good fit for that show 
but um, don't, yeah, I guess don't get too emotionally invested. And my advice is set rejection goals, um, rely on community. If there are other people pitching themselves, see if you can like create a little group somewhere or like have a little something to kind of be like, I just send 10 pitches and someone else is like, I just sent two rejections because I don't know, that motivates me. So <laughs> maybe it motivates other people <laughs> to know you're not in this alone. Um, and yeah, like follow up. I think it it definitely gets easier with time. Um, the kind of like mm. removing and depersonalizing, but um, spending too much and and approach yourself as a client. Don't don't think it's about you because I mean there are, as you would know, a million reasons why someone would reject your pitch. Maybe your pitch isn't great, but maybe mm-hmm. they schedule's full maybe they just had a guest that spoke on a similar topic like (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. not always personal it's often not personal yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah so much of what you just said is like how I've had success getting on I mean I think I've done I mean I've done a lot of podcast interviews over the past year or so um and I've kind of gotten to a point now where it's like there's just always podcast interviews happening. Yeah. It's just like the, because I've just gotten into the rhythm of like always sending pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to get better at sending other kinds of pitches and following up on more like publication pitches mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, but so much of what you said is exactly what has worked for me. It's like, first of all, uh, at one point, like over a year ago, I had my VA, different VA than mm-hmm. I have now, but I had my VA. I was like, I am so in my head about this. I need you to look up every podcast that like these three people have been on, like people who do work that is kind of adjacent to the work that I do. And I like what they're into. And like, they're people who I would love to show up next to Mm. find all the shows that they've been on and just put them in a spreadsheet and then like find the emails. And like to this day, like that was over a year ago, literally last week. Yeah. I found that spreadsheet. I had pitched like three of them after I had her do that. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I found that spreadsheet and I was like, oh my God, like these are the, like, and now all I need to do is every week when it shows up in Asana, because that's what I use for my task manager, when it shows up in Asana, like send podcast pitches, I can just open that spreadsheet and be like, okay, these are the ones that I'm pitching. Have I listened to those, mm-hmm. like to that podcast yet? you know, um, and I kind of am like tracking which ones I've already pitched and which ones I followed up on. And the other thing that's been super helpful and I've been more successful with is like, I at one point sent out an email to like 20 people in my network to be like, Hey, I am looking to get on Mm. more podcasts this year. Mm. These are the things that I want to talk about. These are the people that I want to connect with. If you know any podcasts that would be a great fit and you have connections to them, I would be so appreciative of like if you introduced me and please let me know what I can do for you. Yeah. And like that kicked off like a huge like my network blew up from that because Mm -hmm. then every time that I would get on a show with somebody, first of all, everyone who offered to introduce me to somebody, I introduced them to somebody Mm -hmm. and they got something out of it too. Mm -hmm. And then every time that I got on a show with somebody, first of all, they were all quality connections. So they were people I wanted to have on my show. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, let's go on my show and do a follow-up conversation and talk about this thing. So they got that payoff. And then I offered to them like, what do you, what are you looking for? Like, what connections do you want? Like, add me to your list of people to ask the next time that you needed to tap into your community for something. And I now have relationships that I didn't have before. And one of the things that came out of that was like one of the podcasts that has been on my list of podcasts 
that I wanted to be on forever yeah. that, by the way, was on that spreadsheet when I found it last week and I had <laughs> not marked that I actually was on it. I got on that podcast from from just a series of connections that came from that email. So I love that so much. That yeah, is. yeah. I mean, that's just the power of connection, right? And that's, you know, whether you're trying to get on podcasts or whether you're trying to launch a new offer or um, whether you're you know you can reach out to your network and that I think is like yeah. the ultimate kind of ripple effect and I love the like what can I do for you because um the 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 nature of pitching and I think the thing that probably is a big blocker for a lot of us is um feeling like we're asking and not returning and I think that if you can get across that you're able to kind of meet them where they you know whatever value you can provide to them um that that's just something helpful to include so you could say like um you know if there is one thing I can do for you right now like I'm happy to like whether that's share a LinkedIn post or send a resource or make a connection yeah um I love that so much it's such a great example <laughs> like, yeah, a great strategy yeah. for um, anyone listening if you're trying to get on I know one of my clients she also did like a Instagram post to say she's doing a podcast tour this year and she's like doing interviews and she like listed in her Instagram like a bunch of her speaking points and she also got people reach out to her from that. So like there are mm. so many creative ways to to do this outside of like traditional yeah. pitching. <laughs> and sometimes you just have to ask for what you want yeah. and just like directly <laughs> ask people who you actually know. Like it's so easy to like, you know, go through the motions of the thing, but not actually like mm. go out there and like ask the person who actually has the connection and like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say like, oh, I actually like can't help you. Like, okay. I think it's terrifying <laughs> for a lot of us. And I think especially women, I think we haven't had it modeled so easily for us to like ask for what we want. Yeah. Um, so we're like, mm-hmm. what if they think, think we're stupid? And I know, like, just from mm-hmm. groups I've been in, you know, it seems to be a problem at every stage of business. We're just so scared of someone thinking we're stupid. Um, so I think it, what mm-hmm. also really helps is community. Like, I, I know for me, it helps to, like, like ha- if I'm launching a new offer and I'm scared everyone thinks it's stupid, it helps to have other people I respect <laughs> with respectable businesses mm-hmm. give me valuable feedback and also give me that like push to be like, this is good enough. Put it out there. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I think the same go for pitching. You know, if you have that block, you can't get over. Ask people you respect for feedback and kind of if they're giving you that positive push, that might be like the push you need to get it out there and um, yeah. stop getting on in our own way <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah I mean I think that the thing that both of us are saying is like just start yeah just start <laughs> <laughs> start doing it and like do it consistently I have been one of me and a friend of mine actually just have been boxing back and forth this week to be like we're about to set a time on our calendar for like every other week to get together on Mm. zoom and just be like okay we're following up on all of our pitches Mm. like we're sending a couple of new ones we're following up on ones that have been out there because it's just so easy to be like oh like I'll just do that tomorrow Mm. I'll do and like you keep moving it you keep moving it and then the next thing you know you haven't done it (laughs) follow it up and you're out of the consistency you know you're out of the habit so yeah I do that I mean I highly recommend that with my team member we meet up one twice a month so every second Wednesday for two hours and we co-work on zoom and we send our pictures <laughs> and that's how we get the pictures yeah. out because it 
I think it also can be a low priority task. So if it's not kind of put in, and then there's the mental blocks. So if you're not kind of implementing that into your calendar with some kind of accountability attached, it can easily fall to the back burner because you have like client deliverables to meet. You have like real things to do and not pitch yourself, which, you know, something you want to do, but cannot easily just be put onto the back burner for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The one that I always put on the back, I have another task on my list because this is like a thing that Mm -hmm. over the past year I was like, all right, I've got to start like treating this the way that I treat other non-negotiable things like Mm. you know other marketing tasks you know it's so like some people I just I think that like so many of us are good at being like okay I have to put I mean for me I have to put my podcast episode out I have to send my newsletter I have to post on Instagram or you know now I'm like I have to create this next YouTube video or whatever but it's so easy to treat pitching differently Mm. and networking Mm. differently where you don't treat it with the same kind of like it needs to be consistent so Mm. the other thing that I started doing um this year is like once a week on my on my um in my task manager it's like you have to do an hour of just intentional networking yeah don't tell yourself that you're networking and you're like scrolling and you're like looking at like random shit that other people are doing like actually like reach out to people have a conversation and the cool thing is that now I'm finding that like that comes up on my list and I can just check it off because I'm like oh I already did that like because it's just like so normal for me now yeah yeah I love that so much and I like um I think again like putting on a list helped me so much because I've I've been doing more intentional networking this year and a great tip on that is I've been using LinkedIn a lot for my kind of content Mm -hmm. marketing and my networking is you know when you establish a relationship with someone through your content or through your comments because I find on LinkedIn like often you have the same people commenting and I comment on their stuff it's so normal to just message them and be like hey do you want to actually meet face to face and send them a calendar link and those conversations are just where you know the unexpected happens either you refer them to something or they refer you to something but I find like getting face to face makes it you know a real relationship and not just this person on LinkedIn um and you can almost use your content marketing as like the starting point to have those conversations because it's not weird to jump in the DM and I have had that like people be like hey like I commented something on the post and they're like hey do you want to hear more about this do it like let's have a call and I'm like yes (laughs) let's do it (laughs) um yeah totally yeah I'm totally with you on that I've been doing a lot of that over the past year including with you that's how we met (laughs) you sent me an email and I was like you know like I think I said to you I was like I never respond to these but doing it on zoom (laughs) and I'm like yes of course (laughs) and we just chatted (laughs) yeah yeah um anything else that you're like okay these are like do's and don'ts of pitching Mm. whether it be to publications or podcasts like best practices Let's start with best practices, maybe, okay. and then I'd love to talk about like things to avoid if there's anything that we haven't talked about yet. Mm. So best practices, um, I'd say have a good idea, and I think that's probably the <laughs> hardest one. <laughs> um, uh huh. So yeah, like when you're first starting, I know like the getting your angle, getting your ideas and stuff improves with time, as you would know. Like the more you pitch, the more you kind of work out what is a good idea and what isn't a good idea um so with like 
developing good ideas let's say like keep my top tips is keep like a running notepad on your cell phone or something about so that when you that idea sparks you can like jot it down so that when you get to your pitch you kind of have that and that spark could literally be a conversation with a client or with a friend or something and their jaw just drops and they're like holy shit so you're telling them a story that just like you know and that jot that down because that's something that piques someone's interest and when we're pitching we can kind of forget what the stories are that kind of pique people's interest Mm. um yeah ask for feedback if you're unsure um look up um look up other pitches um look up examples look up like you know look through podcasts or look through publications and see the hooks because those often sort of spark new ideas at least for me like oh Mm. i could talk on this different but you know this triggered an idea that kind of um yeah so one have a good idea to um if you can make it timely especially with publications um and with podcasts it works well as well so like if you're pitching in february and you're anchoring it to like mental health month in may because then you're giving some is that Mm. I don't know if it's anyway. Um, but yeah, you're giving some like time for, you know, the recording yep. and everything. Um, or like you could be speaking to something in current affairs, like the banking crisis or um, previously mm-hmm. like a great resignation. Um, yeah, you're all, you've already missed the boat on chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one that right now I'm just like, oh my gosh everything is about chat yeah yeah right it's now. just like what? every single post <laughs> i read <laughs> i'm just kidding by the way i don't actually mean that you missed the boat but also kind of maybe i don't know chat <laughs> you need to have something fresh to say yeah about it you just have to have something fresh to say said. like everything has been written about everything's been spoken about but what what fresh topic can you bring to this right um right yeah um have speaker points make sure you know your students value and um then outline your credentials i i outline all of us i have like a resource which is on my website um that has the template that i use as well um so that's Mm -hmm. that's yeah maybe from the show notes testing writers forward slash pitch dash your power dash yeah and you that's actually something that i (laughs) should bring up is that one of the reasons that we ended up connecting was because literally the day before you emailed (laughs) i was talking to my coach and my coach was like you need to be networking with people who are like at like business insider like you're go you're talking about like these places that you're networking with people at and i'm talking like and she used that totally as in like an example and then (laughs) the next day you emailed me and then one of the things in your email was like you should read my most recent article at business insider and i was like all right well fuck universe i guess that i have to respond to this email you know and so like it's one of those things too, where it's like, pay attention to the people who are coming into your orbit because you can help each other out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and yeah. So. Yeah. And I will share pitches because I, I feel like my kind of how I got good with pitching was that people were generous with sharing their pitches. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. Like, this is how you kind of turn yeah. an idea into and, a few short paragraphs. And that's an example of like, things that you can ask for like you don't have to when you tap into your network like it might just be like do you know somebody who's been landing a bunch of interviews Mm. or who's been getting published and things like do you know them well enough to reach out to them and just be like hey like I noticed that you've been doing this 
like I'm it's so awesome I've been following along like I'm wondering if you would ever be open to chatting about like what you found success with with pitching you know what I mean like you can ask people for help with that too I mean and on that I'd say um, and that's why the relationships are so important yeah on that I'd say you know the easier you make it for them the more likely they are to respond so like forwarding you an email is so easy for someone so if you kind of pop in and um you know if you don't want to sound if you have like money and you don't want to sound kind of if it's someone you don't know you could say like hey like I noticed you've been on a lot of my favorite podcasts would you be open to sharing any of your pitches I'm happy to to compensate you if you like like nine out of ten times the person's not going to ask for compensation because they're just looking forward and they're just adding an email but it doesn't seem like you're like just expecting this thing from a stranger it's like hey, right I want some help I don't know I had that recently someone was asking me if like pitching stuff and she's like I'm happy to pay you for your time and I was like really straightforward question that like took like two minutes of my time so I was like no <laughs> but like also I don't feel like you're just like expecting my time you know um right right so yeah it's like you're kind of like yeah. what can you ask for them um yeah Anything that you're like, definitely don't do this. So we talked Mm -hmm. about like, don't like if they're, if somebody has pitching guidelines before you pitch anyone, look and see if they're pitching guidelines. That's like, (laughs) like, and do not just like blatantly ignore them. And like the other thing that, uh, that always comes to mind for me is like, don't be annoying. Mm. Like if you pitch somebody and so for me, for example, I have an autoresponder. It tells you, mm. this is about how long it takes me to check my emails and respond. If you are already following up with me within like three days oh, yeah. of sending a pitch, <laughs> I like absolutely not. Like goodbye. I do not have time for that. And like, I will not, like I can't. But also like if you're pitching like editors, they're getting swarmed mm. with emails. So like, just don't be annoyed. Yeah. Would be one of the things that comes to mind for me, but I'm wondering what else you yeah. have I mean, to not it's do. It's all about tone, right? Because I'd say like, and, and also timing, like don't follow up three days later. That's just, you know, people need time to kind of look at emails. Um, but I will say do follow up because nine out of 10 acceptances come from the follow-ups. Um, but tone and timing. So I'd say wait at least a week for follow-up. If you're pitching editors and you're mm-hmm. pitching a breaking news story that is like happening now, you can follow mm-hmm. up tomorrow. But um, mm-hmm. if you're pitching, you know, an evergreen story, then wait a week, wait a week with podcast hosts. Mm-hmm. Podcast pitches are never really like urgent, at least once mm-hmm. in my experience. Um, and like tone, you know, I know like someone said to me, you know, up in their follow ups is like, um, it's like kind of demanding, like, have you checked this? Like, can I get a response? And that's like, you'd say pretty annoying, but you know, I think if your tone kind of shows you're not expecting it, you're just hoping for it. So it's like, Hey, yeah. So, and so like, I'm bumping this up. If you have a chance, I'd love to like connect, but if not, you know, happy, whatever, you know, right. Like trying to be helpful. Like, you know, you've probably been busy. I just wanted to like bring this back up. Like if you want to talk, yeah. Like, cause it's helpful to, get follow-ups mm-hmm. you know like sometimes I forget to respond to things but it's not helpful when somebody is like hey I noticed that you haven't responded can you tell yeah. me why I've literally had that before yeah. I'm like no absolutely yeah not. I also get I get PR <laughs> pitches that are like such an annoying tone and I'm like what do you like <laughs> you're just, just like for journalism stories you get like publicists pitching products and stuff and they'll just be like 
hello, have you looked at this? Please, can you respond? And I'm like, what? Like, no one owes you a response. Oh my God. Um, no, yeah, so tone, tone definitely plays a role, I'd say. Um, but yeah, so on what not to do. So we spoke about don't be annoying. <laughs> um, I'd say, hmm, what not to do. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things not that you shouldn't do. No, I'm just, like, yeah. blanking out. Um, <laughs> don't skip the personalization part. Don't say hello there, you know. And even if you don't have the exact podcast host's contact, I still believe it's better mm-hmm. to say, hey, so even if you've got, like, info at something, because I know, like, my assistant was saying, mm-hmm. like, that's not the host, so let's just say hello, like, ma'am or something. I'm like, just address the podcast host because even if it's landing in like your assistance but I don't have your assistant's name it still looks better right. for it to be like hey Brooke than to be like hey because when you see hey you just think this is not sent to anyone you just think this is just like something that was you know a newsletter or something um yeah and and even like kind of um I know Adam Grant did an episode on pitching where he mm-hmm. said, like, open up with a, like, strong question. And like, that's good advice. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and that was kind of his advice to open up every pitch. But I'd say personalize it before you get to that. Because I, when I see emails, won't think that it's actually written to me. If I don't see something that signals this is written to me. So signal to the sender right. that this is not just, like, your newsletter or like you have something that's you know been bulk sent to everyone signal that it's been sent to one person so that would be like commenting on something very specific so yeah I think like Mm. that yes have a good story have a good opening and stuff make sure that you're kind of signaling to the reader that this has been directed to a person and not to the whole wide world (laughs) yeah cool all right um, I hope that this was helpful for folks. I mean, I feel like we're so good at overcomplicating pitching. Mm, we're like, good at overcomplicating like... everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I hope that these concrete kind of steps are helpful, but also, like, it's like you have to just start. Like, you have to just start and you just have to keep going and you have to, like, keep following up and just, like, you know, eventually things will come through and you'll get better. But in the beginning, I think it's just a matter of, like, starting to do it start to do it reach out to your network send yeah. send interest like you know your emails don't have to be fantastic and also if you send bad pitches people don't remember them that's like the beauty of bad pitches like <laughs> literally like totally goes off like water on someone's back unless you're being like really offensive which i can't imagine why you would be um no one's gonna remember yeah it, so. i don't even remember <laughs> that really annoying person i don't even know who they were i know how annoying they were but i don't remember yeah. where they were from i don't remember their name or anything i think you would only remember <laughs> it if they were like really offensive like if they said something like yeah. you know you're basically a terrible person and you know I don't, I don't know why someone would get that through in their pitch but if something like really struck a nerve with me like wow this person you know then i might remember it but other than that I'm not going to remember bad pitches and I don't think any hosts are so right so you know yeah. no reason not to pitch you'll just get better at pitching <laughs> well Alice if folks want to um connect with you where should they come and find you hmm. um I'm most often on LinkedIn so um yeah if you search Alice Draper on LinkedIn 
Um, and I also have a pitch, like a training for people to pitch themselves. So if you want to find out more about that, that's on my website, which is hustlingwriters forward slash pitch your power. Um, and that has training and like mentorship to kind of get through those stumbling blocks to get yourself <laughs> actually pitching. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, awesome. those are the main places and lots of other places, but I won't mention everything. <laughs> Great. Well, this was so much fun. Alice, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to leave folks with? Um, good question. Don't overthink it. Just pitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Create your spreadsheet right now and start pitching. Um, be, be, yes. you also, be thankful. And in fact... I should show people the spreadsheet that I use because uh, I have one. And if anyone's looking to, I need to like make a note to myself so that I can remember to maybe, you know what, this is what we're going to do. Go to my Instagram. And when this episode comes out, I will put a story or something with that spreadsheet. I'll make a reel with the spreadsheet and you can all see what my spreadsheet looks like. Uh, It's really not that complicated, but if you want to see, I'll give you a look i love that yeah and that's like a starting point for a lot of people it's just like here's the resource and you know then you kind of yeah. make a copy and make your own resource and that's that's the number yeah. one advice you get in the freelance journalism world as well as like you have to make your own like editor master list because no existing spreadsheet will speak to like who you are and the types of editors you want to be contacting and mm. um, and you don't want to be losing those contacts like especially with edit pitching magazines because you can you know land repeat assignments with, with publications but yeah mm-hmm. so kind of have have that edit, that master list and start creating yours today whether it's podcast cool. publications <laughs> awesome hmm. well thanks so much alice this was so thanks much fun so much, Brooke. this is really great thanks for having me on Transcend Your Dichotomy is a production of Passion and Process Collaborative, LLC. The show is produced by me, Brooke Monahan, with production and marketing support from Julia Pink and Crunch Ranjani. Crunch's team also creates downloadable transcripts of each episode, which you can find on the episode page at brooke-monahan.com slash podcast. If you're ready to put this work into action, head to brooke-monahan.com to learn more about Transcend Your Dichotomy training camp and coaching with me. And remember, ratings, reviews, and sharing the episode all go a long way. Love y'all. See you next week.